Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Train, Eat, Repeat. I'm riding solo again this week, but Andrea will be back next week. I know I spoke last week that we would be sitting down uh, with Buddhist meditation teacher and author Lodo Rinsler, uh, but we are actually rescheduled for next week. So you guys are here with me today. So make sure you guys look forward to that. Um, has written some great books and, and really going to learn exactly what it means to uh, meditate and how it can bring um, some calmness into your life uh, and really adopt that practice. And in that light, today's podcast um, is actually going to touch on a topic that I'm sure meditation will help with and we'll find out next week, but really based around stress. And I know this isn't the first time that we've talked about stress on this podcast. Um, And I think that it's important too that we don't just talk about it once and then let it go by the wayside. Uh, Because stress is something that we all deal with. I think coming out of a pandemic or even during the pandemic, stress was something that was huge. And it sort of occurred to me that I think we do a really good job of, or at least majority of us, and again, I'm speaking in terms in, in generalist terms, but we all tend to do a really good job of finding different activities, uh, finding different techniques that help us try to calm down from stress, right? So like if you've had a really rough day at work, um, hopefully we're not you know, going and like grabbing food, but that is something that we do, or we grab alcohol, or we maybe we go for a walk outside, or maybe we really enjoy cooking, so on and so forth. But those are all things that basically are like a pill for a disease, right? It helps treat the symptom uh, that you're feeling in that moment, but it doesn't necessarily fix the problem. So I wanted to talk today about, you know, in terms of how do we actually not just, how do we actually manage our stress versus trying to cover it up by doing a certain activity? Um, And it all started when I started to think about this. I asked some people inside of our Facebook group, which is a free Facebook group. Um, If you're not in it right now, you can find it on Facebook. You can message myself or Andrea um, and we can get you into that group. We share some really good information, have some really good conversations with people and you do not need to be a client in order to join in. We're trying to help as many people as possible. But my whole point was, as I asked a question, I typically ask one question of the week, um, and then everybody sort of comments in, uh, makes it more enjoyable that way. But I said, give me your best stress-reducing tip or activity that brings you a sense of calm during frustrating times. And all the answers were great. They're all things that I've heard of, you know, before or from people is, you know, getting outside, walking in nature, meditation, which we'll learn next week actually how to do, uh, deep breaths, physical activity, exercise exercise, uh, which we all know the the physical benefits of it, but I think a lot of times we forget how great it is at reducing the mental anxieties we might be going through. Uh, Baking and cooking, reading. I could go on and on and on. You probably are listing off a few of the things that help you to cope with stress, and hopefully that's something that, that you have in your life. And if not, I would definitely encourage you to try and find what that is. Um, but the thing is, though, is that all these things, you know, they, they're obviously things that these people turn to for me time and for an opportunity to focus on something other than the stress. And while in that time they are completing the activity, their stress is at bay, right? I'm not thinking about what's actually stressed me out. Was the stressor ever really addressed? 
Because more than likely, the things that stress us out are something that happens frequently, right? It's cyclical in that nature that one thing stresses me out and then it's going to happen again and it's going to happen again. And, that, and that's just the unfortunate thing. You know, Mark Manson, uh, who wrote, excuse my French, but this, he wrote a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And his sort of big quote that I got from that book is that the goal is not to have no piles of shit because it's just not possible, right? But the goal is to have smaller piles of shit. And when I get when you get down to it, the only way your pile gets smaller is if you actually start to act. So, you know, what if instead we took it upon ourselves to figure out what our stress trigger is and worked to manage it. What if we tried to cure the problem rather than treat the symptoms with a quick dopamine hit of whatever activity we really enjoy? And that doesn't mean that I'm not advocating that, you know, we always should, we shouldn't engage in these activities, you know, to de-stress. I think that's part of the product, part of the solution. But I think we, what we need to do is actually act to find out what that stressor is and see if we can minimize it without turning towards that dopamine hit. I mean, I would imagine you can minimize your stressful times and enjoy the things you love to do more often. That that's that would be the the ultimate goal of acting and trying to figure out, you know, what is actually causing the stress. So then you have to identify them. You know, what are the areas of your life that have the most stress? And I put them into uh, sort of buckets. I found a resource uh, through Precision Nutrition. And it's very uh, user-friendly in the sense that it basically is a a giant color wheel. If you can imagine here, I know it's hard to see things as you're listening to to somebody on a podcast. And each piece of the pie in that color wheel uh, is in a different bucket. So there's physical, emotional, environmental, cultural... Uh, mental, psycho-spiritual, financial, and social. And in the middle of that is all stress, right? These are all things that that can cause stress. And so the goal is, is to identify exactly what is causing the most amount of stress. And so the way you would do it in, in an exercise that I sometimes do with clients is I would have them color in the bucket that they feel they have the most stress in, because then that's the one that we know we need to key in on, right? That's the one that we need to try and work to manage a little bit better so that we have overall less stress or maybe we can focus our attention elsewhere. So under physical, you know, things that would go into this category would be like overtraining, poor nutrition, food restriction, uh, lack of sleep, jet lag, exposure to pathogens, um, major injury or illness, medication use, et cetera, et cetera. So here we're talking about, you know, you you physically are under stress. And and sometimes this can even happen. The first one that's on there is overtraining. Uh, you know, we, I, even though I talked about how physical exercise is one of the best ways to combat stress, it can be overdone. So we would want to identify there if any of those fit uh, what we're going through currently. On the emotional side, loss, grief, anger, guilt, shame, fear, loneliness, um, all things that at one point or another we probably have all dealt with in our lives. Um, and, and hopefully you found that resource to help you work through it. Uh, environmental, light, dark cycles, uh, pollutants, noise, extreme conditions, discomfort, chaos, violence. You know, sometimes we have control over the environment that we're in and removing ourselves from that environment. I talk a lot of times about, you know, 
having your inner circle of friends or your 2 a.m. friends, those people you can always count on and how your inner circle influences how you feel about yourself, how you feel about life in general. Um, And I would encourage you that there is something there that can be solved, even if we can't necessarily get out of the environment we're in. Like, for instance, if you're if you're happen to be in a locale where there are is a high stress environment, you know, a good example would be like uh, New York City, like living in the city. Uh, I don't know about you, but that would that would cause a lot of stress to me being in such a busy and congested area. Cultural, uh, cultural misfit or culture shock, uh, homesickness, migration, language issues, etc. Um, not sure how many people it would be affecting, but again, stress can come from multiple things things. Um, And obviously, over the course of the last year, there's been a lot of cultural stress. um, And we'll continue to have that. So how can we manage that? On the mental side of things, anxiety, worry, too many cognitive demands, decision fatigue, perfectionism. This is actually a really big one. And I had read in a book that a lot of times we can see, we uh, sort of label somebody as lazy if they're not out there trying to make it happen in terms of a weight loss goal, in terms of their business, when in fact, they're not lazy, they're just exhausted. Their mental capacity to make a choice, to make a decision has been greatly diminished because of all the decisions they've had to make up until that point, um, you know, which would lead to, to not just stress, but eventually burnout. I mean, burnout is essentially to that stage where like you've lost interest. You are sort of going into that depressive state. Um, That's what's beyond dealing with stress. And I feel like mental health, I mean, we all know how important that is, um, but I think we all deal with it. And again, there's a way to manage it though. There's a way to manage it and make it less impactful. Uh, Psycho-spiritual, purposefulness. So I've always talked about your identity, who you are, who you're trying to be, despair, hopelessness, lack of meaning, poor sense of self. Um, sort of ties in with that mental aspect, but you know, searching for a why and really searching for why it is that you're where you are currently and where can you go. Uh, financial, it's another bucket, poverty, no financial security, debt, debt, uh, precarious work, um, etc. So there's there's a lot in there as well, things that can cause stress. Do you fall into that bucket? And then social, loneliness, isolation, social rejection, or uh, unsupportive or dysfunctional relationships, and low social status, etc. So obviously, there's a lot of buckets here. Um, and for those of you that uh, are not in the Facebook group, I actually, this color wheel was actually used in a live online training that I did around stress. It was just a little short, little, uh, education piece, but definitely something you guys can check out. But I think overall, every, over everything, you know, if you want to go back and listen to that list is I would list out exactly which one of those things is actually causing you the most stress. So then once you've done that, you know, and you have an idea of what's causing stress, my question to you is what can you do to manipulate or change in your routines so that way that stress isn't as heavy? Is there, do you feel like there's something you can do? And obviously there's a big, there's a big tie to, you know, your 
own self-talk and your mental capacity to be able to see a solution to your problem. But I can promise you that in most cases, there's always going to be a way for you to better manage it. And, and there are those people out there that are somewhat stress junkies. They, they have a, a feeling of responsibility and that stress is completely normal. And I would argue that there's a yes and no there. I think that just like I spoke earlier, there's always going to be a certain level of stress in your life. And in fact, stress can actually be a really good thing for you, right? We need that fight or flight response from time to time. However, on the other end of the spectrum, I think there's a little bit of avoidance there. It's not normal to be overly stressed. It doesn't need to fall on your shoulders 100%. There needs to be accountability, absolutely, and more so micro accountability for yourself. However, there are times where you can sort of delegate or, you know, put on the back burner certain things that don't take as big of an importance in your life or shouldn't take as a big importance in your life. You know, and, and so that would be my, my call of action to you. And, and again, this is more of an inquisitive, I want you to ask yourself these questions. I don't have all the answers, but can you delegate out a particular chore or duty that has to be performed? Can you start a to-do list so that you feel accomplished and remember what needs to be done on a day-in, day-out basis, i.e. meaning less stress? Can you talk to someone to help you work through the issues that are bothering you? You know, whatever route, route you choose, the point here is to to act. If you take nothing else from this podcast, it's to act. Because while having good stress-busting habits built built in is useful, you know, whether you're journaling, quiet time, physical intimacy, laughter, mindful breathing, etc., they don't necessarily solve the problem that is pulling the stress trigger every single time, which means you'll end up going back into the bucket every single time to try and find that relief. And then eventually, and I don't know if you guys have found this, that same stress-reducing technique doesn't have as much of an effect anymore. It's very similar to, you know, getting a cortisone shot or, or getting on a medication. The effectiveness is always on the first, second, third dose, right? Everyone after that, or everyone after the first one, really, it's not as effective. So like for me, I very rarely take any type of painkiller pill, anything like that. I just, I don't like how they make me feel. But when I had the surgery on my wrist, I had to take, I think they were uh, uh, Motrin 800s or something like that. And when I took them, see, I don't even know what they are. I don't take them that often. But when I took it, holy smokes, did that knock me on my ass. So it goes to show that the dose and that feel good can only last for so long. And so that's why they, you have to act in order to figure out what is pulling that stress trigger. And so that's my challenge to you out of this whole podcast. The challenge from now until next week is to identify what is stressing you out and then acting to see if it can be minimized or eliminated altogether. You know, stress will, again, will never be 100% eliminated, but it certainly can be reduced to a more manageable size. So that's my marching orders for you guys this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to tune in next week for my insightful interview uh, around meditation. I think this will play off well uh, once you figure that out. Maybe meditation is something you can add into your list of stress-reducing techniques. But again, it's not about the techniques. It's not about the pills. It's about finding the cause and trying to work through that. And you don't have to do it alone either. Um, you know, if you need to go talk to a therapist, talk 
to a 2 a.m. friend. Uh, reach out to Andrea and I. Um, again, we don't have all the answers, but a lot of times just talking it through with someone makes you realize maybe some of the things that you can uh, work on or delegate or put on the back burner and, and not put as such a huge priority and thus causing more stress in your life. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, please uh, like it and share it and uh, leave a review on iTunes. Um, if you know a friend or family member uh, that is looking for information like this or would benefit from information like this, I certainly hope that you pass it along. Otherwise, you guys have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.